0: Hi, it's Jonathan Cotton with the Good Feet Store. As a lifelong runner, the pain in my feet was debilitating. Finally, I went into the Good Feet Store and found the answer. Personally Fit Art Supports. They helped me so much, I ran my first marathon that year. Then because I believed in the Good Feet system so much, I bought the store. I'm so happy to offer my hometown community the opportunity to find relief from foot, knee, and back pain. The Good Feet Store is located in the shops at Stonefield near Trader Joe's. Book your appointment today at goodfeet.com. Hey, this is Thomas Q. Jones, former UVA All-American running back, and you're listening to The Jerry Ratcliffe Show. Wahoo Welcome to the show. I'm Chris Graham, Jerry Ratcliffe here for The Jerry Ratcliffe Show, and we're going to catch up on UVA athletics news for the week. And Jerry, I guess we'll start as we have the last few weeks. It's still basketball getting our attention, even though the basketball season's been over for about a month now. Um, two big bits of news, and then some other uh, follow-ups on the transfer recruiting trail, the prep recruiting trail. But let's start with the announcement by Jordan Miner, the Merrimack uh, power forward, who announced yesterday that he is committed to come to Virginia. So that's uh, a big get for Tony Bennett and company.
1: Yeah, that was a good deal. They finally got somebody. I know Virginia fans were getting a little antsy that some of these guys were that they had reached out to had signed elsewhere, or uh, in uh, the case of Robert Jennings, decided to go back to Texas Tech and uh, with under a new head coach instead of coming here. And uh, even though he had, a lot of people thought he was going to be a guy that would be on Virginia's roster next year. And uh, but Minor, yeah, I think he's a good get. He's uh, a grad transfer. He's 6'8, 240. Uh, was the uh, NEC player of the year last year and the defensive player of the year. Uh, averaged 17 and a half points a game, uh, almost 10 rebounds, uh, 2.3 assists, 2.6 blocks. Shot uh, over 51% from the field. And um, He's from Merrimack, and, uh, again, that's, it's, it's uh, I guess, a low major, a low minor, uh, mid, mid-major, mid whatever you call it. I don't know what you call
0: it. <laughs> yeah, they're it. not quite mid-major, but I don't know what the next term is. Mid-major is more like those middle conferences. They're, you know, yeah. no offense, but the NEC is not a mid-major. But, I, yeah, we have to come up with a term for that.
1: I think they're the same conference as Dickinson. Yes. they were Dickinson. The yes, t-
0: they were the team that actually won the conference but could not participate. Yeah. In the NCAA tournament, because of that weird rule about m- making the transition from D two to D one,
1: yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I, I, he sounds like a pretty decent player. He um, he visited here, and apparently, uh, well, he said that he he said he was blown away by his visit here because uh, not only did uh, <laughs> Tony, yeah, you know, he said a lot of schools. Uh, he'll send an Uber or somebody to pick you up at the airport but apparently Tony Bennett's wife picked him up Mm -hmm. uh, which is no surprise to me she's a wonderful Laurel's a wonderful human being and uh, uh, you know everybody showed him the utmost uh, hospitality while he was here Uh, how could you not like the facilities and and all that stuff and uh, I'm sure he got to meet some of the guys on the team. And I don't know if Malcolm Brogdon or any of the pros were here working out that week. I know uh, Brogdon was here for a day or two shooting with some of the guys. Um, But, you know, he he wanted to commit to Virginia as soon as he got home. But uh, I think the next day, but he had already committed to fly to Florida uh, Gulf Coast university um i think they made the ncaa this year is that right i think that's
0: right it sounds right yeah i think
1: that was florida gulf gulf coast um and then uh came home after that visit and uh was still had his heart set on virginia so much that he went ahead and canceled his other scheduled visits to iowa and seton hall so that shows uh how impressive that uh his trip to Virginia was, so uh, yeah, I, I, I think he's a, a pretty good addition at at that size, Chris, and it looks like he can move around a little bit on both ends of the floor. Uh, I, if he's not a starter, he's certainly going to be a strong contributor.
0: Yeah, at six eight, uh, he's a shot blocker as well. Um, he's he, and he's the motor guy. I looked at his numbers on Synergy, kind of breaking down his uh, his offensive game. Eighty percent of his shots, eighty-one point six percent, I think, actually, percent of his shots are at the rim. He gets to the rim uh, with with impunity, we could say. Um, doesn't shoot the three, but uh, he, he seems like a perfect fit for you know a role in the mover blocker where he sets those screens and kind of gets those pocket passes off when when a guard uh, curls off and you know the defense's attention is too much on that guard. He's a guy who can really finish at the rim really well. Um, gets, he also, I know Virginia doesn't, you know, push the ball in transition a lot, but I, know, I think another indication of his ability to finish the rim, he's a he was a seventy four percent shooter uh, on transition opportunities. He's a guy who can really, you know, you take the ball, take the ball, take a pass, and and do some stuff with it there. So, um, you know, he he might not fit at center, but uh, along with Ryan Dunn and Blake Buchanan, I think all three of those guys uh, are, are going to give Virginia a lot of minutes at the four spot and maybe, you know, some small ball between those three guys, two guys could play some, uh, small ball five with the other guys. So, um, I still think that you need another, Tony's going to need another, um, big, probably a an that true center type, a little bit bigger guy, taller guy. Uh, but this is a huge, I mean, if, if, when I was looking at the list of prospects, just myself, but when when the season when the season ended and you know you f- we first started hearing about the guys who were available, this was the guy that I thought when I, after I looked at his profile, I thought this was the guy who was the best fit for Virginia.
1: Yeah, I I I liked uh I I agree. I, I liked uh, everything I read about him and uh he, he sounds like a really good kid too. And um but you're right. I I, I don't know uh where that true center is gonna come from because they have uh, Buchanan coming in. he's six ten, but he seems more like a stretch guy to me from watching him in the uh the all star game uh last week um I get, maybe he could play center. I'm not sure he he's he looks like he needs to bulk up a little bit if he's gonna do that um, there's been some interest in will shaver, the former North Carolina big guy who's six ten and uh I guess he would be a center prospect 610-260. I don't know, I can't imagine him playing anything else. Uh I don't know where they stand with him, but uh he had expressed some interest in Virginia as well. Um, the the other guys they have uh that I've looked at are are mostly uh smaller guys six uh RJ Melendez is a uh a guy that they've reached out to from uh that they played against last season uh six seven forward a sophomore guard actually from Illinois um and he's been recruited by at least two dozen teams out of the portal uh but Virginia got a good look at him uh in uh, that game last november out in uh, las vegas they also uh have been talking to or at least made contact with another guard um demar langford from boston college who they were familiar with who uh scored i think 12 points against them when uh bc beat him up in boston Last season, when Virginia was ranked number six in the country, I don't think he missed a shot in that game. But um, I think he had uh, a bunch against Wake Forest in the uh, in the ACC tournament. But um, uh, those are two guys I know that they've reached out to. Um, I, I don't see a whole lot of other big guys that they've had much contact with.
0: Now uh, I'll, I'll skip ahead. Uh, we were going to, we we're going to talk about um, some visits this week. Uh, there, there might be, and I, don't, I he, he would have to reclassify and he's talked about reclassifying the class of 2023, but there might be a guy that could fit that bill.
1: Could be. Uh, he's listed as a power forward in at 610 200. He's a little light. Yeah. Uh, but could, could possibly play that spot. He's played that some In high school, but uh, he seems like he wants to be more of the stretch kind of guy that can shoot some threes as well. He wants to be an NBA player in the worst way. And we're talking about um, Jaron Stevenson, who visited Virginia on Thursday from Pittsburgh, North Carolina, Seaforth High School down there. Uh, He's a five star by two four sevens rankings a four-star by all the other services, but uh, I, he is, he would be, should he reclassify, should he commit to Virginia, and apparently he had a great visit here, Uh he would be the highest ranked player in Virginia history uh since they've been doing rankings, which was obviously after the Ralph Sampson era, but He's ranked the number 12 nationally Chris um, by two four seven as as overall player in the country and the number one power forward in the country um he's um he has already officially visited Missouri and Georgetown and he's had unofficial visits to Virginia excuse me to Carolina and Duke uh. He likes Arkansas some. Uh he's been offered by NC State. And uh I don't know if his I, I don't know if his visit to Virginia yesterday was uh, an official or an unofficial. It it didn't didn't say. Uh although it uh he put out a 30 second video clip of him wearing Virginia gear and uh posing in JPJ and said uh, he he had an amazing visit to Virginia men's hoops. So obviously he was very impressed with what he found here, but uh, well, wow, wouldn't that be something? I mean, to get a guy of his caliber, uh, particularly if he decided to re- reclassify and commit and be on the roster this fall.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think I, I read somewhere where he talked about like, like a 40 to 50 percent chance. So, you know, so, so 50-50 that he uh, yeah. would reclassify. And, boy, you get a guy with that talent level. Um, I know it's it can be hard for guys to 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 get a lot of minutes uh, in Tony Bennett's system as as freshmen. But uh, I would think a guy with that s- skill set uh, would probably be as, as likely as anyone to uh, to get a lot of minutes, starters minutes, and, and be a featured guy, uh, both offensively and defensively.
1: Be a pretty nice uh, front court if you had him and uh uh Buchanan and uh and minor uh filling yeah. up to the spot. So that would be
0: that would be pretty yeah, pretty dangerous, I would think. That would be a pretty deep front court. Uh that would that would definitely address the need there as far as that goes. Um while we're on this topic, because we have another big uh news story we want to talk about too. Uh, what, what about the other uh, recruiting news, uh, both uh, prep recruiting and, and transfer report recruiting? Uh,
1: not a whole lot more. I mean, there's there's been a few names that have popped up and dangled out there a little bit, but uh, the two latest ones uh, were uh, Melendez, Melendez, and Langford that I mentioned, uh, and Shaver. It's uh, also a kid. Uh, Paris Clark, uh, a rising sophomore. Uh, no, I know to, I'm, I'm, I'm totally off there. That's a, that's one of the female players that committed uh, to Virginia. Um, the uh, McDonald's. She was the McDonald's All American. Uh,
0: yeah, another McDonald's All American on that group. Yeah, you know, yeah.
1: The, the fourth one that they've yeah they've gotten. Uh, but uh, in, in terms of the men, I, I think that pretty much okay wraps it up for now. Uh, of course, we mentioned Jennings deciding to go back to Texas Tech, and that was prompted by apparently uh, when he found out that the guy that was recruiting him for Virginia was not going to be at Virginia, so he decided he wasn't going to be at Virginia either.
0: (laughs) Well, that, and that's our next news story. Uh, You broke this news yesterday. (laughs) Nice segue there, right? No, that's, you broke this news story yesterday. um, And I'm still not seeing anyone. I mean, you know, I, I, I've followed up with a, Hey, I'm hearing the same thing, uh, but we're the only two who have written about it. You you broke it uh, yesterday morning, Thursday morning, uh, an assistant coach who's uh, moving on to, I guess, greener pastures.
1: Yeah, Kyle Getter, who has been in the program for five years, um, his first three is director of scouting and, uh, I guess, player development. Uh, and then the last two, he, and, he switched uh, with one of the others, Brad Soderberg. They sort of switched positions. Soderberg went to that position, and Kyle went to full-time assistant and kind of became Virginia's lead recruiter. I was on the road a lot uh, while uh, Williford and and Tony would hold down the fort. Not that all those guys would go out on the road recruiting, but uh, uh, Getter was the guy who spent a lot of the time on the road. And uh, the other guys, uh, Tony and and Jason, might come in as as the closer, so to speak. But, uh, yeah, Getter, uh, it's a nice opportunity, apparently, his landing spot, we have found out, is Notre Dame, uh, where he has been tagged associate head coach, uh, which would be the second guy that had Virginia roots to hold that position. <laughs> Anthony Solomon was uh, associate head coach for Mike Bray at Notre Dame past couple of seasons. And uh, Anthony uh, Slow, as we adoringly refer to him as here, was on the – Terry Holland's uh, team's back in the early 80s and uh, spent a coach all of his life uh, and was associate head coach up there. In fact, it was his third stint for Bray at Notre Dame. Now Getter is uh, taking that position. Um, Usually when you get the associate head coaching spot, uh, it comes with a raise. I don't know what kind of money he's going to be making, Notre Dame but it also uh supposedly kind of set you up well to help you slot into a head coaching spot down the road having uh, that associate head coach tag and uh I think it also keeps you a little bit more at home and off the road where you can do more coaching than recruiting as an associate head coach so a really good move for Kyle Getter um Hey, and Notre Dame should be uh, – that should be a pretty strong staff uh, going forward. But uh, a good career move for him. Uh, probably didn't help Virginia very much in the fact that now they have a, a vacancy and Tony's going to have to fill that spot. But um, that's where he has moved on to.
0: You know, and it's a, it's a good move. It's an associate head coach job, as you mentioned. It's a, It's a stepping stone to being a head coach and also – I mean yeah you, as as you also mentioned Jerry uh, you, all coaches are are recruiting during the season but when he he was a guy at Virginia that was always on the road this gives him a little bit more home stability he gets he actually gets to be at home a little bit more um in addition to that too and a, and a healthy raise i was hearing a number um that uh Anthony Solomon was making a million dollars there as the associate head coach and i'm hearing 800,000 for for getter so that's a that's a nice bump uh for him in salary and, and a role in an ACC school um And, you know, there, there were some folks, Jerry, who suggested that, you know, perhaps, you know, the way college basketball has been working the last few years, that it it wouldn't hurt Tony Bennett to maybe get some, some new blood, you know, potentially, and this would at least open up a job, an opportunity for someone to come in from outside who maybe can inject some new ideas about, especially offense, uh, to to the to the system maybe bring some thoughts from another coaching tree perhaps i know he could also he could just recruit from within and then fill you know the the position he would he may he may promote from a from a more developmental role uh, in, into the staff so that he could go that route too but you know this would at least give tony the opportunity to maybe inject some new thought processes in with a, with a new head with a new assistant coach
1: yeah he has a lot of options a lot of directions he can go in like you said remote from within um, he has a couple of graduate assistants that uh, with Virginia ties uh, that he coached and on the staff already and uh also uh he could go outside uh, he has a lot of connections in the coaching world uh so he, and and I'm sure there's a lot of people that would love to be on Tony Bennett's staff uh, and learn what he knows. Uh, But yeah, it goes both ways. Uh, He he could also uh, be open-minded to hearing some new uh, ideas on on things as well. And uh, who knows, maybe Anthony (laughs) Solomon could go from associate head coach at uh, Notre Dame to an assistant coach's role at his alma mater. Uh, I mean, he, he, He's been around the ACC a long time, and like I said, he knows the state of Virginia. He's a UVA kid. Not a kid. He's in his 50s now, I'm sure. But uh, just so many different directions that Tony could go in. It's going to be interesting to follow this uh, coaching search and see who, who fills that vacancy.
0: It'd be kind of neat to see it like what uh, would effectively be a trade, cow <laughs> getter for <laughs> Anthony Solomon, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be, be <laughs> <laughs> be interesting, there, yeah.
1: Solomon's a great guy, too. We uh spent some time with him after uh, Notre Dame's last visit here, Mike Bray's last uh appearance in Charlottesville, and uh, it was great to spend some time with him. He's always been a great guy to, to hang out with, and and Mike Bray, uh. Who told our friend Scott German at a Waffle House recently uh, that they don't come any better than Anthony Solomon did? Solomon that he's as fine a human being as you'll ever run into. So, I know Anthony's looking
0: for a he's he's looking to come back more towards the East Coast and as far you know on on the southern part of the East Coast. From what I understand from Anthony. He's had enough of the winners up in South Bend. <laughs> <laughs> no more winners up north is basically the message from him. So
1: I don't know why anybody would want to spend a winter in South Bend.
0: Al Getter just signed on to it. He'll find out. It's brutal. It is brutal. <laughs> that's, that's the word. So
1: looking for a great dining experience
0: in Charlottesville? Look no further than the Aberdeen Barn. The barn has been family owned and operated since 1965, with Terry and Angela providing great atmosphere and mouth-watering food at Virginia's Big Time Steakhouse. Enjoy the fine dining or relax in the Sportsman's Bar, a fantastic place to wind down and socialize, surrounded by flat screen televisions, tuned to the latest sporting events. You never know who you might bump into at the Aberdeen Barn where all the greatest Cavaliers have dined over the decades and keep coming back for the delicious menu and good times. Check it out online at AberdeenBarn.com or call 434-296-4630. This is Chris Slade, former University of Virginia, defensive end, graduate of 1993, back on the staff at UVA, excited to be back coaching my old stomping grounds. You're listening to the Jerry Ratcliffe Show um well that might cover that might cover us for um for for the basketball side of things let's let's maybe switch gears a little bit football tomorrow uh, as we're recording this friday tomorrow saturday the spring football game uh and uh you know a lot of questions about uh this this virginia team that a lot of probably won't be answered honestly in spring football especially the quarterback job uh just because jay wolfolk who's competing for the starting job is also the closer on the baseball team and he won't be playing tomorrow in the spring game but Uh, You know, at least, you know, this will end spring practice for Virginia. Uh, I guess from what I'm hearing, Jerry, it seems like, uh, you know, Coach Elliott, his top assistants, and actually, you know, the the, the line position coaches as well feel like, you know, here in year two, they've got a little bit more buy-in from the guys in terms of what they're being asked to do in terms of the offense, defense, special teams. So maybe, you know, maybe some steps forward, maybe some small steps forward for Virginia football this spring.
1: Yeah, it would seem so. I, a couple of times I've been over there, a lot of enthusiasm from the players and coaches uh, during the drills and stuff that we've witnessed, and uh, I, I would think that there's a lot of buy-in. Um, I, the program, I think, is is way behind right now, and it's going to take some time to catch up, and and only time will tell how long that's going to take. I, I think. Um, I think the thing that they've got to solve first is how to put some points on the board because last year it didn't really matter how good that defense was, which it was pretty good. Uh, a lot of times, a lot of games, they were pretty solid on that side of the ball, but they just couldn't generate any points. Uh, sometimes they were getting some yardage, but nothing to show for it. Um his system just didn't re, uh, resonate with uh, Brendan Armstrong's game. and some of the wide receivers, uh, most of those guys are gone now. Um, sort of starting all over on offense. You got some a uh, pretty healthy backfield of running backs, but uh, an offensive line that's uh, somewhat untested. New offensive line coach, so maybe some new philosophy there with uh, Terry Hefferman coming over from Stanford. But um, I think Des Kitchen said this week that uh, he didn't blame Virginia fans for being upset with the offense last year. He said he was pissed off. (laughs) That's what he said. (laughs) To quote him. And uh, and you could tell that the frustration with him and Tony Elliott last year after games when – Things just just did not compute, and uh, there's, there's there's varying schools of thought about that. Um, some people blame Kitchens and blame Tony for forcing a system onto the guys that couldn't adapt. Um, but that's the system that they know, and they couldn't teach the former system. Uh, some uh, the other school of thought is that. Armstrong was in Robert and I's paint-by-numbers passing system, the air-raid offense, which produces numbers but doesn't necessarily produce a lot of success in terms of wins and losses. And um, we kind of saw that in Armstrong's last productive year here. He had uh, incredible numbers, but Virginia was 6-6. and Uh, so it didn't compute into wins um, and that Armstrong couldn't fit into another system and we there, there's some people that say you you know all you got to do is look around when he entered the transfer portal and shopped himself around the country there were no takers and where did he end up at NC State back with Robert and I so uh, he may put up some big numbers with NC State yet to be determined. Uh, but that we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens there. But, um, he's gone, the receivers are gone. Uh, I think it's only fair to Jay Woolfolk to, uh, they, there's no way they can make a decision on starting quarterback until training camp. It could be the last week of training camp for all we know because. Uh, he's got to get caught up. He's taking mental reps when he can't practice here due to baseball. He'll get be able to devote himself fully to football uh, over the summer, I guess, and then into the fall camp. Tony Musket, uh, hardworking kid, good kid. Uh, obviously has uh, a lot of reps under his belt this spring. Um, I'm anxious to watch him Saturday and see what he can do will uh will find out I don't know how vanilla they may be uh you know how paranoid coaching staffs are with spring games because not only are the can people scout them but uh they're on TV now so uh I'm sure Tennessee and JMU will be uh have their antennas up trying to find out everything they can about this offense so um they may. Who knows what we're going to see on Saturday? But uh, it will be fun to watch to see how far Musket has uh, come in this offense, and and what what this offense might look like as compared to last year when it was brand new and people were just trying to figure it out.
0: Yeah, and you know, if not, here, I'm 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 going to sell this as a positive, I guess. Uh, uh Brendan Armstrong last year had four years of tutelage under Robert and I. and you know, to make a change from from four years under one system to to a new a completely new system can be difficult. All the talk about musket yeah. is if he ends up being the guy, uh, he he played it uh, apparently in a very similar system uh, at Monmouth. And Monmouth, you know, you don't I mean, it's an FCS school. You don't think a lot about Monmouth football if you're if you're a power five you an ACC Virginia fan. But he was a three-year starter there. Now he's in, in, in two of those years were technically in one calendar year. They had a the F- FCS had canceled the 2020 fall because of COVID. They played their 2020 season in the spring of 2021, and Monmouth only played four games that year. But he did lead them to the playoffs uh, in his second year, which was the fall of 2021. They just missed the playoffs. Uh, I think he threw for 26 to 25 touchdowns, six interceptions that season. He was injured a few games last season, only played eight games of the 12. They didn't, they didn't, you know, sniff the playoffs last year, but he put up good numbers again, 17 touchdowns, eight interceptions, you know, good completion percentages. So he's got experience in the system and he also doesn't have experience in, you know, Tony Elliott kept talking last year about don't talk about last year, which was the 2021 season for him. Um, Tony Musket doesn't remember 2021 because he wasn't here then. Uh, Jay Wolfolk was here, started a game in 2021, but, uh, You know, uh, he can it'd be easier for a guy like him who only had a year of experience in the United system to kind of wash those habits away. So maybe there's something there, you know, the offensive line to me, Jerry, I want to say it this way. I haven't written this column yet, but uh, I'm thinking of a column where I say, you know, as much as tough as it was for Virginia to lose Marcus Hagins, for example, um, and Garrett Touge, who had experience, you know, a, a track record at Virginia. Maybe you know comp- if you're going to change things completely and start from square one, it's probably not bad to get rid of the off the not get rid of those guys left on their own volition, but to to start over with with a whole new staff that doesn't have ties to the previous staff, to the previous way of things. So, you know, now that's the case because Hagen's and, and Toujé left, and um, there's there's really you know very little uh, left from 2021. I mean that's that's what Tony Elliott wanted, and that's what he's got now. So. You know, he, now he's really got to tear down complete. He better hurry up, though, and get it fixed.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's – I guess that's the, the main concern is how much can you do this this year? Um, they've got a pretty challenging schedule. It's not easy. Um, not a, a ton of experience. Like you said, we got a lot of running backs, but uh, they've still got to prove that they can put together – a. Reliable running game.
0: They can't block for themselves. <laughs> no, they sure can't.
1: Uh, and you know, again, the the defense, even though they lost some of their better players to the transfer portal, they still got some talent on that side of the ball and and played good football for the most part last year. And uh, they should be fairly solid there again. uh It's a shame that they have to open up against Tennessee, uh, one of the, probably one of the most explosive offenses in the country, or at least expected to be this season. that And on the road at that, um, that could be a, a harrowing experience. But, uh, yeah, who knows what lies ahead for this program But uh, and how patient the fan base is going to be because just when it looked like things were starting to maybe solidify a little bit under Bronco, uh, it's, it's a shame that COVID – Disturbed all that uh, and set them back a little bit, but uh, just when things were starting to get back to some kind of normalcy, uh, bam—the rugs pulled out from under everyone, and they got to start almost from scratch. So, um, it's—I don't know. I don't. I don't know. What, I don't know what kind of fall we're going to see. I, I'm not expecting a whole lot.
0: That might be the best course of action for i mean writers uh fans you know keep the expectations low and then let them surpass those low expectations i mean and you know cuz i that's reality probably i mean I, I, it's right now it's hard to imagine two or three wins with that tough schedule um if the team coalesces the way Tony Elliott and, and i'll give him credit all, all all the all the coordinators all the assistant coaches I'll listening to them all through all through training camp you know they uh, they're selling it i mean they're trying um i wrote yeah. a column today where i said i'm almost convinced <laughs> based on hearing them all spring that they're they're going to win some football games next year and you know um but I, you know i think what fans should hope for as 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 the best case scenario is just being competitive in the games even the games that they lose just you know going out there tennessee and nashville you know, don't, don't get beat 50 something to 10, you know, the NC state game when Robert and I brings Brendan Armstrong on a Friday night in September, don't let him throw for 800 yards and 10 touchdowns, make it a game. And, you know, if, if the, you know, you don't have to have a a glittering record. I don't think this year, but if they're competitive and they look like they're playing hard, maybe upset somebody they're not supposed to beat. Um, you know, that can give you momentum going into 2024, and that's what they really need out of 2023.
1: I totally agree with you. Uh, yeah, they they don't have to have a winning record to to make some strides, but they do need to be competitive. And uh, like you said, carry that momentum into a next year when they can get another recruiting year under their belt, another year of experience in that offense and defense. Under their belt and uh, and build some chemistry and and uh, hopefully some success, but um, you never know. I mean, a lot of times when everybody's working together, you, you can do some things that you're not supposed to do. So, um, you know, hat, hats off to them. I, I wish them all the luck in the world uh, and uh, and hope that they can succeed because it's uh, uh if, if there's a football hungry town in the acc it's certainly charlottesville virginia
0: we've been hungry for 20 years yeah <laughs> <laughs> we're ready to we're ready to eat again as far as that goes no doubt um jerry you mentioned uh we talked a little bit about the basketball recruiting news there was some good news on that front for virginia a couple pickups this week um also of course the baseball team continues to roll 29 and four record now uh, with a weekend series at home, weather permitting tonight, starting at six o'clock with Pitt coming into town. Jake Geloff has broken the program home run record, man. I'm 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 giving a lot of things here to talk about. Um, and, and boy, you know, so there's the spring is looking pretty good for Virginia.
1: Yeah, no question about it. Uh, Geloff and, and Teal have been amazing on offense. I think, I think uh, I read where Virginia's, uh, as the the top batting team batting average in the country, and uh maybe the number two er is it number two ERA? that's
0: gonna... right yeah um and you know I'll, I'm gonna interject for a second Last year we started Virginia started twenty six and three and the 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 second half got off to a bad start with a bad series at Miami. I think Virginia fans had to be looking at this past weekend uh with with Miami and Virginia. Uh, won that series, uh, swept the series, in fact. Um, maybe that's uh, that's payback for last year, and maybe a good start to the momentum for the second half of this year.
1: Yeah, very well could be. It could be the thing that board, springboards these guys into, uh, you know, a, a great second half of the season. Uh, I, I mean, when you got the top batting average in the country and number two ERA, and you're playing great defense on top of it, uh, it's hard to beat. Uh, how are you going to beat a team like that? Especially take a series from them. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Brian O'Connor has got it going big time. I, yeah, and he's been so positive and uh, energetic from day one this year. It was almost like he knew this was going to happen. Uh, I think he really believed that this team had a ton of potential. and uh, And obviously it's – it's showing up on the scoreboard.
0: So that's uh, this, this weekend, I think it's a a scheduled six o'clock starts Friday and Saturday. The the six o'clock on Saturday is a change from the original schedule of four o'clock. I don't know why they had every year. It seems like there's a home game on the day of the spring football game and they announce the time and then change it. They ought to just set it in in stone at at the first and just realize that people want to watch both if they can. Uh, But the spring football games at two o'clock and then, uh well I think the, the kickoff kickoff be around two fifteen or so, um and then the baseball at six and then Sunday the baseball at one so, uh that's just among the things on grounds I think there's a, I don't I can't remember if this is on grounds or not there's another top five men lacrosse matchup Virginia who's Virginia playing is it are they playing Duke this it's week? Duke this weekend yeah yeah is that here or is that on the road right? ah, that's a good question I I know I know I just got the note about the game I, let me look real quick and see
1: I'm thinking it's on the road
0: oh on the road okay okay.
1: I'm not sure, but I think it is.
0: Uh, I'll look real quick here. But we'll be keeping up with that. Yeah, it's at Duke. It's definitely at Duke. Uh, so a fourth – but that's the fourth time in the last five weeks that there's a top five showdown for Virginia men's lacrosse. Um, yeah. That's a, that's a schedule right there. <laughs> Lars Tiffany funny. is not shying away. I mean, I know some of these are conference games, but some of them were not. Uh, playing Maryland a few weeks ago was not. So – um, that's 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 a battle-tested team already. It's just going to be more so after the Duke game this weekend.
1: Uh, they, they need to get the Duke monkey off their backs too. That's yes. for sure because they've they've lost a ton to the Blue Devils and uh, can't seem to shake that.
0: Yeah, that's. Uh, I saw a stat. I'm seeing if I can find. It. No, of course. I'm trying to look. Oh yeah, let's see. Duke has won 14 of the last 15. Here we go. It was it was in the notes. I if I'm I don't know if I'm thinking if I'm writing the game notes for um. For Virginia athletics, I might have left that part out, but they actually did put it in there. <laughs> Fourteen of the last fifteen. I don't even remember the the one that that Virginia won in the last how I many ever years that is. So yeah, um, that's hard to believe. It is hard to believe. But as good as Virginia has been, you know, national champions you know, several times during those during that era, uh, not able to overcome Duke as good as Duke has been too. So that's that's a heck of a matchup tomorrow down in Durham um so what else jerry as we're maybe getting ready to wrap up the show here anything anything else that comes to mind
1: uh nothing off the top of my head chris i think we've pretty much covered it um we'd like to thank our sponsors uh the good feet people um over at stonefield um jonathan gotten and his group um big nil supporters of virginia and uh uh, strong in the community, uh, good people. Go see them if you got any kind of... I mean, it, you don't have to have foot problems just to have arches in your shoes and make, still make your uh, walking more comfortable. And uh, But go see those people if you're having any difficulty, or even if you're not. Uh, they can make uh, your walking a lot more comfortable. Uh, also, the Aberdeen Barn, Virginia's finest steakhouse. Can't beat it, uh, atmosphere, the food service, tremendous right there. Uh, conveniently located not too far from all the facilities over UVA and a great Wahoo atmosphere, Roback, uh, local sportswear, activewear company for men and women's come out with a new spring line with, uh, all kinds of dazzling, uh, fashion and colors that, uh, that uh, will make you shine on the golf course or anywhere else you're, you're uh, showing off, but uh, look at their uh, ad on our website and uh, click on the ad, uh, make your order, click on uh, the code Jerry and get 20% off of your first order, which is pretty generous. a pretty generous cut rate there for you. Uh, but uh, we want to thank all those great sponsors for jumping on board and uh, allowing us to do our podcast, which uh, we're picking up a lot of steam, Chris. Uh, we've, we've had a ton of people listening to the podcast. I've looked at the numbers uh, over the past uh, several weeks, and uh, I guess we're doing something right because people are listening. And uh, thanks, thanks for your uh, input as well.
0: That's right. I love the fact that the 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 folks are tuning in and boy, I got to tell you. I think the reason why Jerry's this these are the two guys uh, uh you know humbly speaking about ourselves here. We're telling you what's happening before it happens. I mean, we've been breaking some news lately. So go to jerryratcliffe.com, go to augustafreepress.com literally for the latest uh in in Virginia athletics news and um I'll sign off for for us. This has been a great show. Been a lot of fun to do this and uh look forward to talking to you again next week.